When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Sunday q and I'm Matty Preville, joined by Jeffrey Bennett. It's funny when you get into a flow on these shows, Jeffrey. I often try to mix up TDU with War Room. And it kind yeah. of feels weird to say Steelers Sunday when it's like almost lunchtime on Monday for me. But um, I mean, I'm really excited for this one with you. How are you going? Going good, man. Doing great. Looking forward to this too. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a full weekend for me of lots of Steelers and NFL draft podcasts and that sort of thing, whether I've been on them. Um, I did a pre-record with another BTSC staff member this morning for their show or it's listening to a lot of other things. I think it's, you know, I haven't really got a chance to sort of catch up with you in the last couple of weeks around, you know, free agency and heading into the draft. And I know you guys, um, you know, have been really focusing on the curtain call around those draft picks and stuff like that. But if we start with free agency, and obviously this is a Q&A show, so for the live chat, like throw up all your questions, Jeffrey Benedict, and I'm more like this is what the show is here for, is like very much much an ask me anything sort of session or ask us anything. Um, but yeah, free agency, how are you feeling so far with everything? Like where are the Steelers, where are the Steelers headed in your mind right now? I like it. I, I love the moves they made. And they it's weird, they made them so early. Right. Mm. So it feels like nothing's happening, you know, and now now we're at the point where there's a few holes left or a few things we're looking for. And we're like, are, are you doing anything? Come on, Steelers. But they've done so <laughs> much already this offseason. They've done so much already this free agency. Like, I, I think most of the stuff they did was was done uh, by the time like real free agency actually kicked mm. off. Like 
Like they were like the minute the legal tampering period hit, it was like Steelers have signed eight players. And then you're like, like he's not even really free agency yet. Which yeah. which we saw with the Akello Witherspoon signing. Cause that was announced like forever ago. And then like what was it yesterday? They came out with a thing that was like, Oh, he actually hasn't signed. And then the Steelers were like, No, okay, we are signing him. Yeah. Like you don't know. Like I, I, I love it. Uh, it's a very different off season, and I'm still, I'm still trying to catch up to all of the players uh, that they've signed. Um, I gotta get with Dave Scofield. We gotta figure out who we're gonna analyze this week on on the vertex, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm still catching up from that flurry of signing. So much film to watch. So many people to dive into, and this is a particularly busy season in my calendar. So it's been crazy. Yeah, and, and I'll ask you the question that I asked Mark um, on Touchdown Under a couple of weeks ago, which is wherever you had the Steelers from a win perspective, you know, before free agency, right, where Mason Rudolph's the quarterback, uh, you know, and for, I know for a lot of people that's like a 9 to 11 sort of scenario. Maybe maybe it's only 7 to 9 scenario. Where are you feeling now? Like how many, A, where do you feel like that range of record looks like and, and, and how many wins potentially has this added to the to this, to your prediction? Okay, so if we're going before the two offensive linemen signed, right? Yep. Uh, I would have had them pretty bad. Uh, probably seven, seven to eight wins. Yep. You know, that kind of like they're – you know, don't underestimate them. It's a Mike Tomlin team. They're going to find a way to scrap around and get to 500 and not have a losing record kind of a season. But with the additions they've made, like I, we are a strong safety away, right? We have to get that strong safety. If they don't sign anybody, the, the whole defense is kind of in trouble because they're, they're missing a starter. <laughs> but uh, considering they're going to sign a strong safety, right? That's a competent starter, a Trell Edmonds level guy, you know? at least. Uh, I, th- I think this is a team that pushes and competes for the division. That's really where I put it is, is I think this is a team that can compete for the division. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and that's really the goal, you know, be in the mix for the division title. Cause if you win the division, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. And that's it. Right. And it's, um, you know, and I want to bring up Steeler chicks, Steeler chick 46's question. Cause she's asked directly that about safety. It's kind of like, I don't know how many people watch the Premier League, but, you know, Jose Mourinho, who's like quite a famous coach, has coached a lot of teams. He even had this, you know, reputation for like, oh, we're going to win all our home games and then we'll just try and draw the rest. And then if we, and and as long as we don't lose, like I'm just going to make sure we don't play to lose. And then that way at the end of the Premier League season, we're going to finish up as champs. It's kind of a little bit like that now, you know, in a way with the seventh team in the playoffs where like you, if you just focus on your division and you prioritize those games, you know, that's what's going to get you in. And so it's kind of, it's particularly tiebreakers, particularly now with 17 games, you're going to have probably three teams now they are going to sit there between 10 and 13 wins in the North, right? And, you know, how that breaks down from the perspective of who who's actually going to take the North versus who's got the tiebreakers, all the rest of it. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see. But I want to bring up still a Chick 46's question. And I think uh, Richard Adamson's asked a similar one in, in the live chat. So, you know, what do you, what do you want in an ideal world um, in terms of safety for the Steelers? Like, I think everyone's jumped on that Tyron Matthew hype train and all the rest of it, but, you know, we're a couple of days on, nothing's really happened there. You know, how are you feeling? Is Just just pick 20 interest you in some of the players that might be available then as well. I don't, I don't want a rookie. Uh, 
the the problem the problem would be breaking in a rookie is the se- the secondary of the Steelers is built around Minka Fitzpatrick and what he does and putting him in the best position. And if you've got a rookie, you're going to be saying Minka, make sure this kid, you know, you're going to have to cover for this kid and make sure this yeah. kid is put in a situation where he can succeed. That's not that's not a good place to have it. Um, so I like a veteran. I see someone else uh, asked. Uh, so, so nobody thinks the Steelers are going to give the safety position to Norwood. Norwood's a free safety. Mm. If you're if you're moving Minka around, you can play Norwood in deep zone, but he's not he's not your strong safety. He's not coming down in the box. He's not that guy. Uh, he works great if you want a third safety. If you want a three safety formation, he can be a guy in deep zone. He's fantastic at deep zone coverage, but that's that's really limited, and you don't want to commit. Minka Fitzpatrick to being the strong safety, to being the guy in the box, to being the guy who's in man coverage. You want him in that zone role where he's free to attack, where he's moving and he's reading the quarterback and he's making plays. That's where you want Minka Fitzpatrick. And I think that's that's really why I think the Steelers bring back a Terrell Edmonds or bring back or bring in a Tyron Matthew who plays safety like Terrell Edmonds, but you know, also forces turnovers, also makes splash plays where Terrell Edmonds is, has gone from the point where he would give up some big plays and not really create splash plays to he doesn't give up big plays and he doesn't create splash plays. You know, Tyron Matthews is the guy who doesn't give up big plays and create splash plays, but he plays the position very similar. He's just a better version of Terrell Edmonds, even though he's smaller. So I, I'd love to see those two. Those two make sense to me. Outside of that, if they bring in a different kind of player, we could see the Steelers – secondary going in a different direction than they've gone and so far like I there's so much up in the air with Brian Flores and Terrell Austin being separated from mm. Keith Butler you know there's so there's so many nuances and changes that can go on there I'm really fascinated to see where the Steelers go with strong safety just to see you know who who do they want there what type of a player do they want there and what does that tell us about what they're going to do with the defense yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with you. And you, you want to allow Minka to do Minka things, right? You don't want him to have to be worrying about other things. And you heard Norwood talk about that, you know, in the sort of those end of season press conferences, how much you know Minka was sort of supporting him and what have you. I guess so. In the topic of doing allowing Minka to do Minka things, you bring in a guy like Tyron Matthew. Now, there's obviously a numerous mm-hmm. pluses that he, you know, you saw the way he disrupted, uh, you know. Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl um, a couple of years back. But do we risk moving Minka away from being able to do the Minka things, you know, by bringing in someone like a Tyron Matthew, like just because that this guy brings a lot of attributes and, you know, possibilities and the, that word potential um, to this Steelers defense. Does it also disrupt too much? Is too is there too much change that potentially could be brought in, you know, if, if he comes in? See, I would, I would normally kind of be on that, level where I'm like, okay, you know what? You can't bring in this guy because he's a playmaker and you already got a playmaker. You you end up with two guys trying to do their own thing. And, and you know, one of them has to be the responsible guy. But the way the Steelers, the way the Steelers do it, if you watch Minka Fitzpatrick and Edmonds, where like they, they almost play off each other pre-snap. Mm. And then Minka has his responsibilities. And inside of that, he's creative. Terrell Edmonds has inside his responsibilities. And inside of that, he's not. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not creative. He's playing it by the book. He And that's what he has to do. You know, he's not Minka. He's not that guy. He's not Troy. He can't be that kind of creative player. But to me, I think Matthew works. Honey Badger works because 
he could be that person in that role where you're like, okay, now you move down to the slot, right? Uh, in, in a certain setup, Minkins now deep, you're in the slot, but you can create, you can like Mike Hilton had the ability to blitz or not. Yeah. And there were plays you could tell Terrell Edmonds didn't know until Mink, until Mike Hilton moved what was going on. Like Mike Hilton would be like, I'm going for a blitz and he'd start to show it and then drop at the yeah. snap. And you see Terrell Edmonds start to pick that guy up and then have to like run deep. Be like, Oh no, I'm actually doing something <laughs> completely different here because of what Hilton saw in the moment. Like you can, in our defense, we're kind of set up where you can give that kind of freedom to a second player like, you know, Tyron Matthew, if he was there and he's good enough that he can be in that role and still be responsible for his space. He's not going to completely abandon it. Minka doesn't have the freedom Troy had, right? No, nobody has the the freedom Troy had to just do whatever. Uh, So for me, it could work. I think it would really work. Yeah, and and I think the the game's also changed in a way where there are so many set roles in the way the Steelers' defense has evolved as well. Um, but I don't want to get all comparing eras with each other. What about Kazee though? Like, I mean, for me, I haven't seen a lot of his tape, so uh, but I I do kind of question the fit with Minka. Like, I, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I don't I, I don't see it so much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather bring back Terrell. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I'm I'm more a Terrell Edmonds than a than a Kazee guy. I would I would be I think that's a better fit. Uh, but like that there's there's kind of been a cold you know wet tap blanket thrown on the the honey badger acquisition thing with with Colbert saying they wanted they want a guy who's as close to coming off his first contract as possible. Whereas you know they're they're looking kind of being like, well, let's build for the future for a couple of years from now. Whereas you know, you you bring in Tyron Matthew. That's right now. You're you're for right now if you're bringing him in. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I talked about. I don't want to um, spoil the surprise, but I talked about that with the person that I did that. I told you before we got on air that like I was recording with another BTSC podcaster, you know, featuring as a guest on their show um, for the next couple of days, and we were talking a little bit about that press conference and some of the things that, you know, Mike Tomlin and uh, Kevin Colbert were saying. And I think as fans, we read into every little sentence. Like, I think the question was asked about like, you know, whether, um, you know, they had done enough with whether to, it was like definitely coming back or not coming back. And, and, you know, they were talking about, you know, where they want to draft someone at 20 and those sorts of things. And I was just sort of like, we read into every little detail, like just because mm-hmm. they say they want veterans doesn't mean that they would skip out on someone like a Tyron Matthew as well. It might be the general philosophy, but there's always exceptions to the rule. So I think it's very funny and, and we know that how cryptic they are, you know, as well. And it's, it's one way like, I you know I work in the media in, you know, my professional job and it, I always find these press conferences fascinating because as a, someone that works on the media advisory side, I'm like, Man, they stick to the script, you know, the, the ability to be able to talk for 20 minutes and not really say anything at all, I think is really helpful. And and obviously, Tom, they, they know that as well. Like they put it up there, you know, because right now, as we sit, they haven't signed Tyron Matthew. They may not sign Tyron Matthew, but if they go out there today in a press conference and say, yeah, we're looking for, you know, proven performers of veterans, I mean, the, the, Tyron Matthew mania that the live chats, you know, someone live chat brought up just, which well, is the hype train continues. Right. And suddenly the price gets more expensive for Tyron Matthew. So who knows? Oh, that's right. We were talking about it with slot receiver and whether they felt they were comfortable with a slot receiver. And I just thought, yeah. like, well, you know, they, they could say they're comfortable because they're talking to someone who's not signed their contract yet. Like a Keller with this yeah. spoon. And then they haven't announced it. Like we don't know what conversation they're having that we're not privy to. Right. So I think it's, I think it's a kind of a funny one. Um, in the absence of a couple of questions, though, like 
Is there a position that you thought, let's say, a couple of months ago in the draft shouldn't have really or didn't really need to be a focus? And obviously, you know, free agency changes things, but you know, the, it doesn't didn't necessarily need to be a focus. But now you're like, hey, this is actually a, a top three need uh, in this draft now. That's particularly changed over the last couple of months. Yeah, I was really, you know, it was all inside linebacker, yeah, and offensive line, and you, you, what's creeped up there now is like wide receiver. 100%. Like wide receivers absolutely creeped up in that conversation. Uh and to me the other one is still I'm 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 going to be on this all all year uh until until they pick up somebody uh and that is defensive line. I want an interior defensive yeah. lineman early in the draft. But that's me. I I think the only position that's really changed much is wide receiver as we saw, you know, James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster. All of a sudden there's no and Ray Ray McLeod's gone. You know, even if James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster left and the Steelers kept Ray Ray McLeod, people would be like, all right, you know, in a pinch, Ray Ray's your number three, right? If, if worse goes <laughs> to worse, Ray Ray's your number three. That's You know, you could be worse. He played that role last season. You know, those were the three we used the most at the end of last season. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, you could think the Steelers would cap that. But now, like, who's number three? There's nobody there. Nobody. Yeah. It's like maybe Rico Bussey. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's weird. Like I don't Anthony think Miller. as much as – I mean, I wrote an article saying they should bring in Jarvis Landry, make a push for him, which I know is not the most feasible. You'd have to overpay for a guy who's old. But honestly – like starting at Green Bay? I think probably something like that. But if, you, if you're if you not getting a veteran, you've got to bring somebody in. Yeah. But I want to ask you this one. That was a U.S. this one. I don't see it in there. And I want to ask this to the live chat too. Who is the Steelers – captain on offense this coming yeah. season well I, we talked about this in the slack channel like what well, yeah. would say at the end of the season i personally think it's Najee harris i just do like yeah. i know like like I, I like i could see why they might put in like a chubitsky because he is the quarterback but i firmly believe it's Najee harris they asked him about it um in the draft process i think they ask that of everyone to see the leadership but like he acts like a veteran i think the way that ben bonded with him definitely shows it i don't have an issue with it either when he's an older player he comes from a school like bama uh he's going to be the focal point regardless of whether it's trubisky or there's a rookie in the next couple of seasons so i have absolutely no issues with that to be honest like i just don't yeah i that's that's why i i kind of would love to see a guy like a jarvis landry because you could do two offensive captains have Najee, have a guy like a jarvis landry someone who is you know, light a fire under some people's mm. rear ends because we haven't had that on offense for a while. Like we haven't had that player and we lost Marquise Pouncey. We lost Ben Roethlisberger. Who who are the leaders? Everyone deferred to Ben. Yeah. Everyone deferred to Ben Roethlisberger and now he's gone. And I think the, the other plus too is like, if we are like what some stages still is I can have a rookie quarterback. Right. And like one would hope that's during Najee's, you know, f- first five years of his deal. And then you probably your franchise tag him and then six years, and then he's got to be team friendly or he's out. But like, you know, just giving that, giving a quarterback that captain role all the time, of course they lead the offense when they're on the field, but the reality, the reality of it too is like, they don't necessarily need that pressure. Like if you can avoid them having to do every single press conference, have to worry about everything under the sun, it's actually kind of a liberating thing. I mean, we see in a lot of sports now where people hand back captaincy later on in their careers so they can just focus on doing well in a lot of other sports. Right. And I, I sort of see that too. 
It's been brought up in the live chat. You know, you talked about defensive linemen there. So you're sitting there at 20. Is there an ideal defensive lineman that you want the Steelers to draft? Uh, probably Davis. Cause you picked Davis? Not, okay. Yeah, like he's big and he, he didn't play a ton of snaps. But you know what? On this defense, if you have two at Hayward and Alu-Alu healthy, he's he doesn't have to play a ton of snaps. What if what so, if you don't have two it? Yeah, if you don't have two it, then you've got Wormley outside. You've got you 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 have Aluwalu inside, and you play Davis like when they go to the two man fronts with the you know the yeah. four the special package. You can put him in there and just be like push the pocket, push the pocket back. You know, you can have him in at nose tackle for a couple of snaps a game. You know, you don't have to you don't have to rely on him heavily. Right, you don't. You're not looking for him to come in and be a starter. You're looking for him to come in and be an impact player in small doses, and that gives you a, a year to build him up, to get him in there, to work. Uh, he and I mean, we did the Georgia talk. And the guy was saying like he he has put up a lot of improvement. He's shown a lot of improvement over where he was, even as a junior in co- the year before, yeah. uh, in 2021, 2020 season to 2021 season. Lot of improvement. So this is a guy who's going to put in work, I think, and he would fit that. There's a there's a couple other defensive linemen, but really, I just want I want someone who is a physical mauler that we can develop into a Cam Hayward, into a Stefan to it. Yeah. You know, be one of those guys. Uh, I don't think Louder Milk is going to be Cameron Hayward. I don't think no. he's going to be Stefan to it. Could he become uh, kind of what Tyson Alualu has been? Yeah, I think he has that kind of potential, but that's not. That's not your anchor of your line. You know, you need somebody for when Cam retires or if to it, to it, isn't that guy ever again, you know? Yeah. Well, hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Devontae Wyatt. I question Davis in terms of being able to prove enough to play three downs. I know he didn't really get yeah. the chance and Georgia had that, like that defense is like unreal. Like you actually go through the tape. Like it, it, it is absolutely unreal. Like there's just absolute guys and all of that. Question for you, because I've seen this name crop up and really start the hype train. And I, I personally don't think he's going to be there at 52. But if Boye Mafe was sitting there at 52, <laughs> do you pick Boye Mafe at 52? Like, can you can you literally pass that up as like your third string outside linebacker? Because that guy is an athlete. Yeah, that'd be that'd be the that'd be the great that'd be a great fit. Just because you we saw you saw what the Steelers did with Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. Right. And Bud Dupree, you know, if he was the 52nd pick, people would have been a lot happier with him than with him being, oh, yeah. you know, first round pick. And crazy thing was he wasn't the reach. It was TJ Watt that everyone was like, oh, they drafted TJ Watt too early. He's not a first yeah. round outside linebacker. Bud Dupree, they're like, oh, that's that's a great pick, Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know. But you could have that kind of athlete. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing with Alex Highsmith is even though Alex Highsmith has a lot of polish as a really good outside linebacker, he doesn't get to the ball fast enough to yeah. get sacks. Like he could, you could leave him unblocked and TJ Watt could go through two people and get to the quarterback before Alex Highsmith gets there. That's just, that's the freakish athlete and talent of TJ Watt. Bud Dupree still got sacks. Why? Because if you moved away from TJ Watt, he could get there. Yeah. Whereas Alex Highsmith, he's not, he doesn't have that quickness. You know, he's, he's not that level of finisher. He doesn't have that athleticism. So that would be a, that would be an ideal pickup to have a guy like that who could develop, play rotational snaps, and then really, really step up in the future. 
Yeah, because I was talking, I've talked about this a little bit with Mark over the last few weeks. And the thing that is starting to concern me a little bit is the amount of snaps that we require Haywood and Watt to play, right? And particularly Watt, and you've got that contract. Like, yeah, he's it's six years or whatever it is left now. You want really TJ to have another minimum eight years of like top performance, give him yeah. a second deal, pay him up big in that in that third, you know, for three years at the end of the deal. You're not going to do that if he's playing this amount of snaps and having to play hurt. But if you mm-hmm. lose him, suddenly the de- whole defense is questionable. And we know the yeah. offense is retooling and rebuilding, regardless of if people don't want to use the word fine, but it is. That's the reality of it. And so that's the thing for me is when we talk about defensive line early on, we talk about like, you know, getting depth at outside linebacker. We haven't paid for it, you know, in free agency. And, you know, this guy like Akeem Hicks out there with, we're not going to pay for it. We've got to get it some way or it's we're, we're gambling at that point. Like, this is yeah. like when Shazier went down, we had no one there. And then you've got Bostic lining up on and Vince Williams lining up on like Keenan Allen and getting burnt. Like, you know, we want to be back there. And that's the, that's the thing for me. So yeah, I just think he's an interesting one because his name is like absolutely skyrocketing. And as I said, like I, I doubt he's there past the 40th pick, but if he is, like you go up there, you get him. I don't think you can question that pick. Or if like David Ajabo completely bottoms out now that he's gone, you know, probably for the full season, like you sit there and you're like, do do we pull the, do we pull, you know, that sort of lever. Um, But Steeler Chick 46 asked another really good question um, because I keep thinking about how they're intertwined. And I heard Cam talking about him on Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. And they were talking about, you know, Connor Haywood and all the things he can do. You're the, you're one of the, you know, the key film guys for the Steelers. Could could we fit him into what we do? Because he's a pretty versatile player. Absolutely. People have said like, oh, we don't have a number three tight end. Well, there you go. Connor Haywood's your number three tight end. And they're like, he'd be a fullback. Well, yeah, he could be a fullback. He can be a, he can be a, a wingback. He can be an H-back. I've talked a lot about in the past about Matt Canada's offense and how they use players creatively. We saw that with Zach Gentry. Most of Zach Gentry's receiving yards were off plays where he was a blocker who then was like, oh, I lost my block, turned around, caught a pass, and ran with it because no one was covering him because he's not really a receiving threat, right? And you get get 15, 20 yards off some of those, just bulldozing people. That's something you run for a Connor Hayward. You know, but yeah. you could also line him up as an H back and hand him the ball. Yeah. Or pitch him on a little like those little uh shovel pass run plays, like Juju Smith Schuster scored his first career of his touch of his first touchdown of his career on. That was his first yeah. reception, was that little short little pitch, boom, touchdown. He, he could do that. And as a blocker doing those kind of plays, like you you can really mess with other teams. And he can run decent routes. He's not terrible. And he can get better, you know? And I, I think you would see Derek Watt kept. You would yeah, see Hunter Hayward there being the yeah. third tight end and playing special teams, doing a little bit of everything. And then when Derek Watt's season's over, Derek Watt's gone. And he's your fullback, number three tight end. He's still that guy. I, I think that would be a fantastic move. Love his film. Love what he does, man. I would, I would love to have Connor Hayward. Yeah, me, me too. I, I, and you know, people are like, oh, I get him in the last pick of the seventh round. I think the Steelers have it's like, is it like two thirteen or something like that? They need to pick him up there. I don't think he's sitting there at like 
to the two thirty something, and they're picking the next one. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think he's there at that point in time. But I don't have a problem with pulling the pulling the trigger on him. You know, early yeah. in the seventh, even in the sixth, late in the sixth, trading back into the draft for him. You know, with a late pick next year. Like I don't, I don't mind. If the Steelers really like him and they they would give him an actual role in the offense more than what yes. Derek Watt gets, I'd take him as early as the fifth. But that's yeah, I mean, that's special teams ace category, anyways. Anyway, and that's he's gonna be that. I mean, he's gonna be if anyone remembers Cameron Hay Cam Hayward when he was a rookie on, on special teams, man. That was <laughs> I, I mean, we could live with it. We could live with his brother playing special teams. Hundred percent. That's it. That's it. So again, in the absence, we, there's lots of great comments in the live chat. Um, you know, but in terms of questions sitting there right now. Do you where do you see the Steelers focusing on tackle in the draft? Do you think they sit back and look for value in rounds three and four? Now they've filled the interior line, re-signed a core four. You've got Dan Moore. You know, if there's a top tackle like Steel Nation 412 brings up like Trevor Penning, you know, if he was sitting there at 20, do you go after him and get him? You know, then it's a question of best player available. Um, I always think best player available is a little bit subject to your needs because that kind of frames it. Um, I don't think it's very rare that a team literally through every round is going to pick the best player available. Um, yeah, but, but how are you feeling about that tackle spot? For me, um, I don't think tackle is a priority. Yeah. I don't think it is. Even with even with Zach Banner cut, I still don't think ta- tackle is a pick you'd see high. I think that's like a situation like if a Dan Moore is there, like I don't think the Steelers went out and said, you know what, we got to go get Dan Moore. I don't. I don't think that was the thing. Like that was just that got to that point, and they're like, huh, he's still around. He's the top guy on our list now. All right, let's go. You know, let's go get him. You'd have to see a guy, and this is a thing to look for if you're looking for a tackle. Look for a guy with those measurables. Look for a big mauler with long arms, really long arms. That's a big deal. They re-signed Chukwuma for He's got long arms. This whole Myers' entire uh, Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach's entire thing tackles long arms because he wants them to go out and aggressively meet people. So you don't have to be the best footwork, you don't have to be the best pass blocker, but you're going to have to be long. You're going to have to be able to reach people and get to them, uh, and you have to show a little bit of nastiness. Which you know, there's some really nasty ones out there this year. But that's. That's what you're looking for. And I don't think you're going to see it first round. I don't think you're going to see a second round. I think you're going to see third, fourth round. You can see one yeah. sneak in there. But, I mean, I when we start on that route, you know, the Steelers could take like six different players in the third and fourth round. I'm not saying they will take a tackle. I'm saying that's where you could see it slip in is if it's yeah. there. Yeah, and, and there's a guy that sticks out to me. I mean, he did, was my first war room of the 2021 season in Cordell Volson out of North Dakota State, right, and university. Like, he obviously, like, and was the tackle there um, with Dylan Radnutz, who obviously got drafted um, there, and, and they were on that offensive line for Trey Lance. And he did a lot of testing because uh, he had a very quiet year. They had a very quiet year this year, obviously, when they don't have a, you know, quarterback that's getting NFL attention, you know, North Dakota State, you know, drops off the radar a little bit. But, you know, he is someone that had done quite well. And then at the Combine, at the Senior Bowl, he played a lot. And I think he actually went – he might have gone to the Shrine Bowl. I can't remember. But he d- did a lot of reps at inside, in, inside as well, and that was impressing a lot of people. So I think you look at someone that's versatile like that, um, you know, if a guy like Reinman slips into the third, maybe the Steelers go, hey, this is too good to be true kind of thing in terms of – go grab him. Um, 
but also like in terms of that wide receiver, we were talking about a little bit earlier, and that's a question in the live chat from um, from George. Do you think they go out and get one of the remaining wide receivers? Is there any names that sit there for you? Um, you know, in terms of who might be available. Obviously, we talked about Jarvis Landry. Like, do you go grab a T.Y. Hilton? Do you do a reunion with Emmanuel Sanders? Cole Beasley got cut. Um, guys like Sammy Watkins and Keenan Cole are available. I mean, I find Ke- Keenan Cole interests me potentially. Um, he's got a little bit of height too. But, yeah, any of those sorts of wide receivers stick out to you as potential alignment with the Steelers? I mean, a guy like a T.Y. Hilton would work for what I, I think the Steelers – could do this season uh i'm i'm looking in my opinion the sealer should get a a, a small fast z receiver someone who's a, yeah. a legit deep threat and i i i mean i would i'd move people around i think chase claypool is a better route runner than he is a deep threat he showed that in college and he's been that guy since uh so for me yeah i i like a veteran uh because i'm not sold on leadership especially in the wide receiver room I was okay mm. with Juju Smith-Schuster being the leader of the room because that dude works hard. I'm not sold on Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. I don't like the no. way they talk in interviews. I don't like the answers they give. And, you know, you you see Deontay Johnson questioned about some of his stuff he needs to improve on, and it's like, I don't know if you're if you're there. Julio would be fantastic. I don't know. That's what I, I was going to – that was going to be my next question for you out of that list because, I mean, sure – like – you know, I heard a very interesting take of whether he's going to end up at the Colts, right? Like, if you're the Colts, you're asking Matt Ryan right now, like, do we bring him in at his age or do we not bring him in, right? But yeah. I think, you know, him back in Pittsburgh, I know you love Larry Fitz. Do they bring him out of retirement? <laughs> <laughs> always, always. He could be 75 <laughs> years old and I'd be for it. I'd be like, you know, bring him back. You know what? Bring back Hines. Bring back Hines Ward. He doesn't even have to play. Just, just put him on the roster. Be like, Kynes, you're our seventh <laughs> wide receiver. We're going to have you inactive every week, but be on there on the sideline and, and you know, run. mentoring specialist. <laughs> you yeah. run the M route. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. Uh, before we wrap it up, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know about this, but I mean, let's let's say they let's say they pick a guy like I mean, Penning's a right tackle anyway, but like let's say they go get it. There's a top tackle that falls to them, or they really like someone that we don't know about, or you know, I mean, for me, if Evan Neal fell to fell to eight, nine, or ten, I would not hate them going up and grabbing that that man. But um, would you move? Would you move more to swing? Like, would you do that if there was someone that had let's say more pedigree um, coming out of college? I don't see it happening. Yeah, me neither. I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I know Michael Beck would love it because, like, as he said, like every position would be upgraded. And you're not wrong if you're looking at Dan Moore and saying we could do better. Yeah, yeah. Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, who was worse as a who was worse as a rookie? It's not that far apart. They're both really they're not far apart. Uh, so for me, yeah, you could, but I don't think the Steelers will. I think that's why they brought in a Pat Meyer was really an investment in Dan Moore Jr. being that left tackle. They saw something in him and they were like, we got to get a system where this guy can thrive and he's going to be that guy, right? He's going to be a great left tackle. That's what I think the idea behind a lot of what the Steelers are doing this offseason. That's part of it is Dan Moore is your left tackle. How do you make that work, right? So I, I don't see that happening. I think they keep Dan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
Before we wrap it up, we've got a very interesting question from Steeler Chick 46. I want to have a little bit of fun with this. Is there any update on the Heinz name? Will Heinz sign and remain the Heinz field, you know, sponsor? You know, will Heinz remain the sponsors of the field? Um, and Heinz, through their parent company, have actually got like quite a few monetary struggles. So I don't know whether they've got the money to do this. They signed a 20 year deal back in 2001 that was worth 57 million at 2.85 million per year. Um, First, I'll ask you the serious question. Do you think it stays Heinz Field or do you think it changes? Well, I, I heard they were negotiating with, with what is it, Kraft, who now owns Heinz? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to try and keep it because they kind of want to keep the name. It's a great, like, it's a great name. When Heinz Field bought the names right, when Heinz bought the naming rights, we were, like, everyone was thrilled because that's what you want here. That's a that's a Pittsburgh legacy name. That's a mm. fantastic company in the, in the area. And then, you know, if that goes away, what other company can fill that? So I think they're working towards that and they're going to do everything they can to keep it. Uh, but it's going to be hard with the money involved to line that up. So then I'm going to ask you the two fun questions. Fun question number one, if there was any other company brand in America that could sponsor that field other than Heinz, is there any that you would like to see it? And what name would you give the, what name would you give the stadium? I mean, obviously, if like U.S. Steel did it, you know, something like the Steel Company did it like that, like the U.S. Steel Field, that'd be great. Uh, I, I don't know. The, like, I don't think there's any other companies really big enough that I would really want taking that field. But I obviously we'll we'll get used to whatever it is. I mean, some of the some of the stadiums we have, like what's the the Penguins. Like stadium is like first energy, something like that. Like, you know, there's a bunch of weird names out there for, for fields. And I mean, PNC park, mm. you know, like there's a, there's a lot of different names and people get used to it, whatever it is, we'll, we'll adapt. We'll get used to it. So then the final question is, uh, well, the more fun, fun is terrible English. <laughs> and then we'll get to the super chat and we'll close it out. So it's 2.85 million, right? AB's ego has no limits. If he offered you three and a half million per year, four million per year, and wanted to call it, you know, AB, AB Field, would you, if you're the Steelers, would you take it? Business is booming field, sponsored by Antonio Brown. I'd do it. Booming do it. stadium right there. Four booming years, field. four million, 16 million. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, I'd do it. I would. I'd be it's down. It's hard to say like, no. It's hard to say no. And then you donate like half of that deal, you know, to like, concussion. Like someone said, Iron City beer. I was like, that, you know, that would work. I don't think they have the money for it, but Iron City. Yeah, like that'd be great. Iron Field. I'm going to say Iron. Iron Field. All right. Well, Snowman, who likes to close out TDU with some some super chats, he can close out this this week's Steelers Q and A. Snowman, five dollars in the tip jar. Thank you very much, mate. He says, "Who's one free agent you would like to see in a Steelers uniform, not named the Honey Badger?" I'm you can't say go Larry Fitz. <laughs> Gilmore is still unsigned, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Stephen Gilmore. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, for me. Oh, it's Akeem Hicks because we don't know what's happening with Tua. And even oh, if he did, I mean, like, that'd be come sick. on, man. The guy's like 348 pounds. Imagine, like, Tua Hayward, Akeem Hicks. Like, good yeah. luck. Right? It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> just, yeah. He's a just, beast. 
And I'd sign him to like three or four years and backload it too with like roster bonuses and just say like, because hey, you could make it like if that gets you another year with Haywood, if it keeps to it fit, like the cap's going to go up. You've got like a Trubitsky on a cheap deal. I mean, that just helps you, right? Like Plus it plus just, prevent him from lining up against Mason Cole, who he has absolutely obliterated throughout his career. Like our Mason Cole is probably our starting center, right? And and he's done pretty well against everyone but Akiem Hicks. And he is he goes against Hicks and he gets absolutely destroyed every single time. So you know that'd be nice if, if Hicks was on our if Hicks was on our team. We would never have to face that. <laughs> That's it. Well, that wraps up this week's Steelers Sunday Q and A. Jeffrey, anything you want to plug before we close it out? Uh, yeah, uh, my Tuesday podcast. I'm going to be recording it tomorrow. I've got like 12 hours from now. I'll be recording my podcast. It'll come out on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, check out the cutting room floor on Tuesday. I don't know what it's going to be about yet. I got to figure that out tonight, but, uh, that, and then, uh, the vertex coming out this week that I also don't know what it's going to be about, but we'll figure it out. It'll be great. It's, it's a good one, whatever. I don't know what it's about, but it's a great one on a very, very good topic. <laughs> you sound like Mike Tomlin talking about who they're going to draft. Yeah. And with that, Steeler fans, enjoy your Sunday evening, and uh, we'll be seeing you on the BTSC Podcast Network.